0: This is David McBee with the Twin Lakes Sports Network, and welcome back to another exciting episode of This Is the XFL 2020. Of course, I'm your host. Today, I'm going to be flying solo because our good friend Joey Shaw, unable to be on the broadcast this week, so uh, it's going to be a rapid fire one-man edition. Uh, So we're looking at covering a lot of things, huge week. In the XFL this week, uh, we're going to cover the four games that were played this week. Also talk about some of the controversy. Controversy already reigning supreme in Los Angeles. And controversy in New York with quarterback Matt McGloin. Uh, After we cover all four games too, we're going to talk about attendance, ratings, everything. XFL, this is going to be a fun episode. But what is really fun is... Week two of the XFL, a lot of uh, a lot of fans were saying, "Hey, this is going to be this is going to be critical to the su- success of the XFL to see what their attendance was going to do in week two. And I'm glad to announce the XFL saw big attendance jump in week two. Of course, week one solid numbers across the board. Uh, a total of sixty nine thousand eight hundred eighteen fans attended the first four games in the first week. Uh, So after that, it was, you know, seeing, is this going to be something, are they going to be able to maintain this fan base? And great numbers this week, strong showing in week two. According to the uh, Sports Business Daily, the XFL had 76,285 fans in their four games this weekend. And great news here, a 9.5% increase from week one. Uh, you know, a lot of the the, uh, the cause for the increase, though, if you really break down the numbers, is because of one fan base this last weekend. And that fan base is the Seattle Dragons. The Seattle Dragons had over 29,000 fans who showed up to watch their season opener. That really helped fuel the attendance rise. The rest of the teams were actually either down in attendance or had the uh, lowest attended uh, game in XFL history. Uh, the two teams that hosted games in Week One and Week Two saw lower crowds. Uh, the DC Defenders kicked off the week with a twenty-seven to nothing win over the New York Guardians, which we'll recap that later. Uh, you know, fifteen thousand thirty-one fans, down twelve percent from Week One. Also, the Houston Roughnecks—they were pretty close, uh, seventeen thousand one hundred three people. Uh, witness their twenty eight to twenty four win over St Louis that was one of the best games of the week a four percent dip uh, the l a Wildcats finally de- debuted in l a and that was the team that i 've kind of been wondering you know the l a extreme of course had an incredible team in two thousand and one uh, with the original xFL led by tommy Maddox and they couldn 't draw anyone to the stadium. so the Wildcats had fourteen thousand nine hundred and seventy nine uh, you know, witness their loss twenty five to eighteen to Dallas. They were playing at Dignity Health Sports Park. A lot of LA Charger fans will remember that was the site of their home games from two thousand and seventeen to two thousand nineteen. So far, that is the smallest crowd of the eight games played by uh, played so far in the XFL. But the Seattle Dragons, with their twenty nine thousand in attendance, really helped spur the numbers up and. It, Overall, I mean, anytime I think that you go up from that week one, that is a huge bump. I think this week is going to be real, a really good attendance week for the XFL because the C- St. Louis BattleHawks will be, be debuting this week. And uh, word out of St. Louis is they've already sold over 28,000 tickets, uh, looking to possibly break the 30,000 attendance mark, which is something uh, that I think would just really be able to Uh, Help spur some growth for the XFL. So overall, guys, I mean, no complaints there. Attendance looks good. Uh, Something else we're going to be watching real closely, and this is going to be coming out uh, on Tuesday. Ratings for the new leagues going to be released tomorrow. Uh, The numbers are probably expected to be lower in this week compared to uh, Week 1 games. However... You know the the first game of the week, of course, the Defenders and Guardians was a blowout, so it's probably hard to really keep a a strong fan base also on Sunday, they were going against the uh, Daytona five hundred, which made it difficult also this last week, just to be frank, not a lot of offense and not really good quarterback play, uh, especially and we 'll talk about him a little bit later uh Matt McGloin with the New York Guardians just stunk the join up and uh you know we'll we'll talk about that in our later segment so you know ratings are that's going to really tell the key but overall week 2 uh no complaints here and I think uh, Oliver Luck, Vince McMahon, all of them have to be very happy with uh the performance of attendance here in week 1 and 2 well for the First time since 2001 as now we go into highlights of this week's games. A football team based in our nation's capital has begun its season 2-0. And I'm talking about the D.C. Defenders as the 1-0 D.C. Defenders were taking on the 1-0 New York Guardians. And it's got to be tough for Redskins fans because now after the Defenders 27-0 route over the Guardians, it has to be music. the ears of everyone hopping on the DC Defenders bandwagon. Of course, Cardell Jones, who's right now in the running after two weeks, he's probably one of the top candidates for MVP of the XFL. He got it started early with a strike to DeAndre Topkins, who is making his debut after missing week one. They got the ball rolling with a 13-yard strike to give DC a quick 6-0 lead. Jones the throw. Enzo, zone, got a man, wide open, caught, touchdown. Welcome back DeAndre Tompkins. The first half was all D.C. defenders. And going into halftime, Matt McGloin of the Guardians was only 5 of 13 for 32 yards, one interception at the half. And going into halftime, he thought the offense needed a complete overhaul. What does this team need to do on offense to get something going? We need to change the whole entire game plan at halftime. Okay, what do you need to change about the game plan? What are you frustrated about? There's just a lot going on right out now. Uh, it's embarrassing for us here as an offense, so a lot of things we want to fix and prep. Thanks. Wow. change the entire offensive game plan. While Matt McGloin was complaining about his offense, Cardale Jones was the story of the game offensively. 23 of 37 pass attempts, 276 yards, two touchdowns, did have one interception. After nine carries last week for 28 yards, uh, Jones did have one rush for 14 yards. But he did this against a New York defense that was the talk of week one in the XFL. And of course, he continued to make Crazy place all throughout the game. Well, I know I know what I want. The conversation on that New York sideline continues as Cardell Jones was taken down, fumbled the football, was never touched, get up and throw to DeAndre Tompkins. And now he's taken down. That's clean living there by Cardell Jones and the D.C. Defenders. The Defenders ended up holding New York to 137 yards while registering 384 yards of offense. And now the defenders will travel to, DC's gonna to travel to Los Angeles for a battle with the Wildcats on Sunday, February 3rd. That's gonna be at 6 p.m. Eastern on Fox Sports One. But the story of the game is McGloin, who was benched in favor of Marquise Williams. Four minutes left in the game, and he had this to say on the sidelines. Uh, well, I think we need to make a lot of adjustments, make like a lot of changes. Uh, just, I mean, to be honest with you, this is probably the worst, one of the worst games I've ever been a part of, it, you know, offensively. Uh, so uh, it's back to the drawing board, back to square one. I mean, when you win like we did a week, ago, you know, it hides a lot of your problems. And you know, when you play a good team like White D.C. today, you, you can get exposed very quickly like we did. You say there's some issues going on. What, are, what stands out to you right now in terms of how this play calling is going? Yeah, I mean, you know, Listen, there's a lot of stuff going on behind closed doors. You know, I think we need to clean that up. Communication especially is one. Um, and it showed today, just at no point in time that I think we were comfortable out there, at no point in time that I think we were in a position to try to be successful. So I think it was pretty easy to see. Well, it seemed to me that McGloin, who only threw for 44 yards, two interceptions, and a rating of 10.1, wanted to blame everyone else but himself his interviews, he did three total live interviews, and the quarterback did not hold back at all. And, of course, the XFL signature sideline interview adds a whole different dimension to the presentation of games, but it also gives players an opportunity to potentially alienate coaches or teammates. The Guardians trip home to New York on Saturday, I'm sure it was a long one, and Matt McGloin wanted to blame everyone but himself and uh we'll talk about McLaurin a little bit more in our good, the bad and the ugly of the week. Our second game of the day on Saturday saw the Seattle Dragons pick up their first XFL victory with a dramatic 17-9 win over the Tampa Bay Vipers. A poor uh, first half on offense had the Dragons down 3 to nothing against the Vipers despite playing great defense and getting great field position. Quarterback Brandon Silvers was misfiring like crazy. The running game was doing absolutely nothing. Then in the third quarter down 3 to nothing, Silvers was trying to give away the game. A uh, pick-six extended Tampa's lead to 9 to nothing, and at this point 29,272 fans in CenturyLink Field had seen enough of Silver and was chanting for backup quarterback B.J. Daniels to be put in the game. However, Silver's given one more drive, ended up responding with a 68-yard pass in stride to former Seattle Seahawks wide receiver Keenan Reynolds for a big touchdown. Silver's to pass over the middle. He's got a man wide open. Keenan Reynolds, and that's the way to answer all the way to the house. Seattle was then down nine to six, but then they took the lead off of a wild third quarter play. It was a third and thirteen that was turned into a third and twenty four after an unnecessary roughness penalty on Vipers' offensive lineman. Then, former Seahawks Marcel Frazier snagged a short throw from Cornelius Flowers right near the goal line and got himself a pick six that led to the victory. Before the snap, Bay Clock ran out. A little pushing and shoving going on afterwards, and there go the flags. That won't help Tampa at all. Unnecessary roughness, number 71. That field is half the distance to the goal the third down. Right there is where you see a little bit of a headbutt, maybe the lack of contact. He was mad because there was hard, it's hard to hear, folks. I mean, it is loud right now in this stadium. And so he's upset, Williams is, that Flowers got bumped there at the end. And he goes in for a little bit of a headbutt there. That's where that flag came in after the delay of game. So it backs him all the way up to the 11-yard line. Intercepted and touchdown. Wow, what a play by... After that interception and touchdown, the Vipers fought back. They drove all the way to the Seattle one-yard line. However, two stuffed runs, forced third and goal, and the pass was then dropped down the goal line and third down. Uh, Coach Mark Tressman decided to go for the field goal, and the results was not good. A fumbled snap and aborted the attempt altogether, and the Vipers round up with no points. It was almost a flashback to Tony Romo. The Seattle defense then swarmed the Tampa Bay's quarterbacks throughout the game, forced to turnover on downs late in the fourth quarter with a blitz leading the sack of Cornelius. With a score 17-9, Tampa Bay could tie or win it in their final possessions. They thought they had a late touchdown, but offensive pass interference was called on Daniel Williams. Then on the game's final play, Cornelius was picked off in the end zone to seal a dramatic first win and sent over 29,000 Seattle Dragons fans home happy. But overall, rough game for Brandon Silvers. He finished 7 out of 18, 91 yards. And remember, 68 of those yards was one play. One touchdown, one interception, 50 50 rating, 50.9 rating. Of course, the Vipers, Cornelius, 16 out of 27, 154 yards. Most of those yards was on the last drive. No touchdowns, two interceptions, 44 uh, rating quarterback rating and then the other quarterback on the Vipers flowers three of seven 18 yards No, touchdowns one interception a 10 rating Saturday tough day to be an XFL quarterback You know you're talking guys that had we had two quarterbacks that had a 10 rating a 44 rating and a 50 rating the only quarterback that showed up on Saturday uh, was Cardell Jones so Seattle moves to one and one on the season. Their next home game is going to be against the Dallas Renegades on February twenty second. That's going to be at a uh, two p.m. Pacific on Fox. And the Tampa Bay Vipers looking to see if they can go home as they now fall to zero and two on the season. And Mark Tressman, uh, his squad is struggling. And then Sunday, two games. Started off with the L.A. Wildcats taking on the Dallas Renegades. This was in L.A., had about 15,000 fans show up, which is actually the smallest crowd so far in the uh, rebooted XFL. Of course, this was the debut of Landry Jones. Uh, He's been out. He missed the first game of the season, and he got a chance to play, and he was targeting Donald Parham's. Because his ta- talent right now is someone you need to watch for. He's a six foot eight tight end, runs a 4.6 40-yard 40 dash. And despite being the youngest uh, player in the Renegades roster, he's turning that potential into production. Andrew Jones looking for Parham. He's got it, and he's got a touchdown. Dallas has found momentum, and now they've got a 10-point lead with the point after coming. The Wildcats would battle their way back to get it to 19-18, to 1 minute and 15 seconds to go. And the game was supposed to be about the big debut of quarterback Landry Jones. However, the Renegades, with Cameron Artis Payne and Lance Dunbar... Just took over in the fourth quarter. The pair rushed for 141 yards on just 20 carries, and ended up leading to the 28 to uh, 25 to 18 victory. And Artis Payne scored on two fourth quarter touchdowns of 21 and 17 yards. And Dallas, who had run for just t- 58 yards in week one, ended up taking the lead for good. Perfectly timed, Cameron Artis Payne. Out of the game for the running back. So now Dallas improves to one and one in the season. Unfortunately, the Wildcats, despite wide receiver Nelson Spruce, right now he has he had six grabs for 89 yards, two touchdowns, and through two weeks, leads the league in catches with 17 yards with 190. Uh, he is absolutely in his prime and is probably going to get another shot in the uh NFL. Despite Nelson Bruce's great performance, the Wildcats dropped to 0-2 with the 25-18 loss to the Dallas Renegades. Then it was on to Houston, as Houston coming in at 1-0 taking on the 1-0 St. Louis Battlehawks in what ended up being the best game of the entire weekend. Of course, Houston got off to a quick start with a 44-yard field goal, but then. Jordan Tamau threw a pass to Jones for 25 yards to take it to the house to get St. Louis the quick 6-3 lead. It's a blitz, Tamau in trouble, they're going to set up a screen, somehow Jones held on, he's got blocking. That, that, yesterday, Chuck Long told us that. But Houston would strike right back, getting two touchdowns to take a 15-6 lead. And then, with under two minutes left in the second quarter, Houston struck again as P.J. Walker threw his third touchdown pass of the first half. In the middle of the field, in the end zone. Walker sees it. Floating it! Is he in? Touchdown, Phillips again. But the St. Louis Battlehawks would not go away as in the third quarter, Tamau threw a pass for one yard to L to get him back to a nine point game, which is one score here in the XFL. Then Tamau, as we got late in the third quarter down 21 to 12, said, I'm not going to be denied. To now give yourself first and goal, Tamu on the keeper makes a move, lunging towards the end zone. Touchdown! Fifty-one again. Robinson. This time he's flat-footed, takes the back, and Tamu just thinks he's a better athlete than him. He's stronger. He does a great job extending the ball across the goal line. One point. Houston was then up 21 to 18 with 9:36 left in the fourth quarter. And then, P.J. Walker struck again for a two-yard touchdown pass. Does so, Caught. Touchdown. Phillips, number three. And Cam Phillips is here. Fakes the stock block. And he throws the ball across. That's a great wrinkle in the RPO. You see, Stock, stock, post. Great wrinkle. Great play design there by June Jones. And despite Tamau throwing a 36-yard touchdown pass to Washington with under two minutes left in the fourth quarter to pull it to 28-24, Houston holds on, takes the victory, goes to 2-0 on the season as now the Battlehawks fall to 1-1 and getting ready to head back home to St. Louis. And I know the uh, St. Louis Battlehawk fans are pumped up. Right now they're looking at Week 3. Possibly having over twenty-eight to thirty thousand uh, people in attendance, but looking at the stats, huge games. Houston, PJ Walker, right now looking like a front runner in the MVP race. Cam Phillips, three touchdowns, and Houston's going to be a tough one to play, especially with their offensive side of the ball. They're, they might be going to the championship. Um, the defense. Could use some improvement, but they made two interceptions that was big. And despite having trouble in the third quarter, Houston right now looking good at two and zero. As the Battle Hawks, this team has shown they definitely have promise. Their ability to change tempo really gave them an opportunity in the second half. The big problem was turnovers. If they don't throw the two interceptions, they win the game. Uh, Jordan Tamau, he's showing he's a good quarterback. He's just got to work on not turning the ball over. But Tamau, overall, four touchdowns, 81% completion percentage. Uh, L had 50 yards receiving. Matt Jones, another big game, 69 total yards two touchdowns. The rushing attack for the Battlehawk wasn't quite as strong as uh, week one, but with their rushing game, and if they can limit turnovers, they'll definitely make the playoffs, and this is going to be a fun team to watch, and those tickets are going fast in St. Louis. Overall, if I had to to rate this week, the winners and losers of this week, the winners got to definitely be June Jones, P.J. Walker, Cam Phillips, uh, P.J. Walker right now getting showered with MVP chance uh, playing in Houston. Uh, th- he's definitely going to be one to watch. Also, Nelson Spruce, despite the uh, Wildcats dropping to 0-2 in the season, he is just killing it at wide receiver. Uh, Bob Stoops, also big winner. He definitely didn't want to fall to 0-2 was really helped out in the third quarter. Uh, Landry Jones, 11 for 14, 128. He started off uh, slow, but considering he hasn't played a game in almost 700 days, it was a great comeback. Uh, Losers of the week, got to go with uh, Matt McGloin. 8 of 19, 44 yards, two interceptions. Blasted the team's coaching, execution. Uh, McGloin, I'm sure coach Kevin Gilbride, is probably not going to play McGloin again. But if he does and if anything starts to go south, you know he's getting yanked quick. Also, Mark Tressman, the Vipers, for the second week in a row, outgained their opponents. But for the second time in two weeks, they lost 17-9 for the Dragons. Of course, they were playing without quarterback Aaron Murray, who's out with a foot injury. But the team just really, really struggling. Also, another winner, I would have to say, would be attendance Uh, The attendants really excited for this week because the Battle Hawks are getting ready to play uh, at home. That should be a big game. But overall, the biggest frustration of the week, the quarterback play. The XFL, sloppy offensive play in week two. Uh, If you take out P.J. Walker and Cardell Jones, it has been a rough uh, group for anyone who's not Walker or Cardell Jones. You had three quarterbacks who all had Below fifty ratings on Saturday, and the Saturday games just atrocious. Sunday games were great. If the if the Sunday games would have played on Saturday first, would have built up a lot of momentum. Uh, but overall, I mean, it's week two of the league. We got to cut them a little slack. But those are some of the winners and losers. But now it's time for a new segment that I like to call the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly of the Week. Right here in the XFL. Well, this is our segment that we titled The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. The uh, good of this week has to be the Seattle Dragon fans. The uh, Seattle Dragons, they absolutely delivered. Over 29,000 fans uh, came out. Uh, Great job by that group. Definitely the good. The bad this week, like I mentioned earlier, has got to be the quarterback play. Uh we had some quarterbacks had some terrible performances. Uh Matt McGloyne, uh the entire everyone who was quarterbacking for the Tampa Bay Vipers. And then even the ugly play by Brandon Silvers, only 91 yards passing. It was absolutely ugly. Uh but the ugly of the week was actually one guy, he's got this all to himself, Matt McGloyne. Ha, uh, showing no ownership of the team blaming everyone but himself uh to me acting like a little kid pouting on the field uh to me I'd like to see McGloin just get out of the XFL because he was acting he was just acting like a crybaby on the sidelines that's definitely got to be our ugly. But I also want to give a shout-out to our fans on the Twin Lakes Sports Network. Be sure to just go to Facebook, Twin Lakes Sports Network. Uh, like our page and follow it. Uh, we'll have a lot of XFL stuff on there. But shout-out uh, to our fans, uh, you know, some of their picks. Uh, got three out of four picks this week. Uh, out of the 183 people that voted, the St. Louis Battlehawks in Houston, 48% said Houston, uh, 52% said the Battlehawks. Uh, that was the only game that was missed of the week. And that was a tough one. That was a tough one to pick. The Renegades, though, 80% picked the Renegades out of the 60 votes. Uh, 20% picked the Wildcats. 68% took the Seattle Dragons over the Tampa Bay Vipers. 104 people voted. And then the first game of the week, uh, the, the Guardians going to D.C., 52% voted for the D.C. Defenders out of the 71 votes. Uh, over the guardians and of course i think everyone was expecting a good game but uh matt mcgloin he delivered that one for the dc defenders so thank you everyone that got on and voted uh be sure to check the page out we're going to put the pickems for this week to let everyone kind of pick it out also i got to throw a shout out to the xfl beer snake there's a video of that on the twin lake sports network uh just an absolutely uh Epic beer snake that they set up on there. Uh, Congratulations to those fans. Uh, It was actually in D.C. with the uh, D.C. Defenders. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, Joey the Dragon Shaw will be back. And that's not Seattle Dragons. His nickname is Joey the Dragon Shaw. He will be back next week as we will cover week three of the XFL. Of course, main story is going to be the Seattle uh or the St. Louis Dra I can't even talk. The St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, and I'm not gonna edit, I'm just gonna leave that in. St. Louis Battlehawks will be debuting at home. Uh big news there. Also, the uh some other news I forgot to mention earlier. The LA uh Wildcats, of course, got rid of their offensive coordinator Pepper Johnson, gone after one game. Also uh, traded their best defensive player, who ended up going to Washington, ended up having a sack and a half. So a lot of stuff going on in the XFL. We'll have uh, ratings, hopefully, be coming out tomorrow. Hopefully the ratings are good. But I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys for tuning in. If it's your first time listening, make sure you go on, give us that five-star rating, help us out. Uh, also, share this podcast and go to the Twin Lakes Sports Network page. Follow our page, uh, always sharing a lot of XFL information here. But for uh, David McBee and Joey, the Dragon Shaw, who was unable to join me this week, I'll be you and every one of you. Go out, do something nice for someone, and remember your tomorrows are not guaranteed. And enjoy the XFL this week. We absolutely love it. It's off to a great start. And thank you for joining us. On this is the XFL.